Well, good evening. It's good to have everyone here. I won't make the same joke that Pastor Andrew made this morning. I haven't seen you since last year because I saw you this morning. So it doesn't not the same joke. Can't make it. Good to have you here. Hopefully you got a nap this afternoon if you needed it. Uh, nice warm temperatures here. Uh, snow's all gone, which is kind of sad. But uh, we're looking forward to another great service tonight. Lots of announcements, okay? So bear with me as we kind of work our way through these. First of all, if it's your first time joining us here in person, please stop by our welcome desk on your way out. We have a gift we'd like to give to you. If it's your first time joining us online, please go to sbtindy.org connect. We'd love to have you fill out that form so we can get a record of your visit there. Our Lay's Bible Study, which we've been talking about for a couple of months now, is starting this Thursday. So you can either come at 10 a.m. or at 7 p.m. And uh, looking forward to hearing how that Bible study goes on the book of Ruth. And so uh, if you have not signed up, please see uh, either Jessica or Miss Mel, and they will be able to fill in all the details that you need for that. But that starts this Thursday. Our chopped cook-off for the recharge class, we've been uh, looking forward to this. Uh, we did this last year for the first time. And if you've ever seen the show Chopped on Food Network, it's very similar. And so uh, I give them three ingredients and about 30 to $35 to go shopping. And uh, they get to shop and cook in about an hour and 45 minutes. And the kitchen that they go to has an extra ingredient there they have to use. And then they come back here, we have judges, and we get to eat. And uh, they're actually pretty good cooks. If you're ever looking for good cooks, go see the college kids. They're better than you think. But that is coming up in just a couple weeks. And so uh, all the college kids can see me if there's any questions on that. Our IFBF men's meeting is up at Grace Baptist in Muncie, same uh, weekend every year, second weekend in January. And so uh, we are looking forward to that. We are leaving uh, here at 7.45 in the morning. Uh, they usually have pulled pork for lunch, uh, some good preaching, uh, games, songs, just an awesome time. So if you're interested in that, please see any of us pastors, and I will be able to give you any info that you need for that. Uh, we've had a couple come talk to us, but we're looking forward to getting up there and just hearing from God's Word and being preached at a little bit and uh, spending some time fellowshipping as a group as well. Our missions conference is coming up quicker than you know. As you can see, we've got our flags up, so we're looking forward to that as uh, January is kind of our missions-themed month here at our church. Missions Emphasis Month, I guess I should say. And uh, so we're looking forward to that, but we have four missionaries coming in. And uh, we sang a song this morning that Andy Gleiser wrote. He's actually one of the, one of the uh, missionaries that's coming in, so we're looking forward to seeing him. Uh, but that's coming up. It's a Friday night. First thing's at 7 o'clock here in the sanctuary. And then Saturday we have a men's breakfast in the morning, a ladies' brunch after that, and then the international dinner at, like, I think it's 4.45. I need to look at my schedule again. And then our regular services on Sunday, and then Sunday night, and we'll hear from some of our missionaries preach, and we'll have some... Um, some special uh, presentations and breakout sessions and stuff like that. We will have a Q&A uh, at 5 o'clock on Sunday. And so uh, if you're interested, it's always a highlight of the, the weekend for me, especially to hear from our missionaries. And Pastor always does a great job asking questions as well. So make sure you put that on your calendars. It's been a, we're looking forward to it. Our missionaries are looking forward to it as well. And so make sure you guys are here for that. The wedding shower for Matt and Mary is Sunday, January 29th, following the second morning service in the, um, in the fellowship hall. So uh, you can see, I'm assuming Miss Cheryl is collecting for a group gift, and so you can see Miss Cheryl for that if you'd like to participate in that. Um, but that is coming up in just a couple weeks. The Preachers and Sneakers game, as Pastor said this morning, is February 10th. Uh, the big deal here is you have to purchase your tickets by January 10th, okay? So by next week. Um, so see either myself, Pastor Andrew, and we can get you on that list. Um, but what you do is you buy a ticket. You get to come watch the game with everybody else. They're playing the Suns, as you see. And then uh, after the game, you all get to go down onto the court and shoot a shot if you would like to. And then you get to sit courtside and watch Pastor Andrew and myself try not to embarrass ourselves. And so you can, uh, as Pastor said this morning, laugh, I mean encourage us. And so uh, we always have a good time with that. i got to start working out so I don't embarrass myself too much, and uh, especially after all the holidays. Uh, but you can see there, Pastor Andrew and myself, but we need to have the tickets purchased by the 10th. All right, so just coming up there. Missionaries of the Week are Sam and Amy Slobody, and I had a... 
thing here, and I think it was taken away. And so uh, someone cleaned it up, <coughs> Pastor Andrew. And uh, no, they, uh, he, uh, dra- he traveled about 775 miles one way to give some uh, relief effort. And so uh, he got there, and they were so pleased. And he's like, is it worth it? And he said, yeah, it's worth it. And so he's, he's going to be planning going back in the coming weeks. So you can just be praying for him as he's traveling a long way and uh, just the opportunities that he has to present the gospel to the people that he gives it to. All right, go ahead and stand with me, and we're going to pray, and then we'll get into our service. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you for your goodness to us here in this country and uh, the privileges that we have, the, the freedoms that we have, and uh, the fact that we can come here and worship in um, with no fear, and we can worship freely and openly. And We thank you so much for this church and what it is in this community, the light it is in this community. Help us as we begin this new year, as we heard this morning, the things that we need to know. Lord, knowing that we need to share the gospel with our, our relatives, our family members, our friends, our neighbors, and uh, Lord, all doing it because we love you. And we thank you so much for all that you've done for us and the love that you've shown to us, and help us just be able to show that love back to you. Lord, I pray you be with the Slobodians as they're traveling a lot back and forth, uh, hundreds and hundreds of miles, Lord, trying to give this relief effort, and I pray that you would just protect them on the roads and protect them in um, this difficult area of Ukraine. I pray that you would just bless them and uh, just open doors for them. We thank you for these things in your name. What are you sitting down for? Nobody told you to sit down. Wow. It's that Baptist reaction, right? It's like, oh, I just, it's a natural. No, I'm just kidding. All right. You can maybe see. Just kidding. Just stay up. All right. Just kidding. Get some workouts. We're glad you're here this evening. Sorry, Brett. That was uh, me. I'm so used to picking up after Pastor John when he leaves stuff around, so I just, just kidding. But. Uh, we're going to be singing a few songs tonight. Our, one of our pianists, Mr. Elijah, over here picked these out for us tonight. So first one we'll sing is Glory to His Name. Down at the cross where my Savior died Down where for cleansing from sin I cried There to my heart was the blood applied Oh 
You may be seated, yes. <laughs> Whew, I thought we'd never get to sit down. No, I'm just kidding. Welcome. Good to have you all here on this first Sunday night of 2023. Let's see what we have in the way of birthdays and anniversaries. Birthdays. Who had a birthday this last week or two weeks because we did not have Christmas? Miss Susan, when was your birthday? 29th. The 29th. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 47 years. 47 years. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. Who are you pointing to? Kevin. Kevin? Mr. Kevin? Okay. How, when was your birthday? The 26th. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 41 years. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yep. Colin, when was your birthday? 21st. How old are you? 18. You thought you'd never make it. And uh, how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Eight years. Praise the Lord. Are you raising... Your daughter, Katie, where's she at, Miss Katie? There she is. Miss Katie, when was your birthday? When? The 24th? Almost a Christmas, baby, all right. And uh, how old are you? 16. Wow, sweet 16. And uh, how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Eight years? Praise the Lord. Wow, there's a bunch of them. Any other birthdays last two weeks? We're going back two full weeks. All right, how about, uh, well, let's sing happy birthday to these folks first. Wait, 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 did we miss somebody? Oh, the new one. And remind me of the name, new one. Stacy, that's right, I didn't, so your husband's not with you tonight, but it's good to have you back. When was your birthday, Miss Stacy? The 28th. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Okay, yeah, that's wonderful. Congratulations to you. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, let's sing happy birthdays, young folks. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. And anniversaries. Anybody have any anniversaries this last week? I know that uh, Brother Jack and Miss Faith would have had an anniversary, right? Does anybody else have an anniversary? Nobody else got married on... Was it New Year's Day or was it uh, New Year's Eve that they got married? Jack and Faith. There you are. When was it? New Year's Day. All right. How many years would it have been, Miss Faith? Uh, (laughs) 1961. 1961? Well, I can tell you exactly because I was born in 1961. So it would be 61 years. Yeah. No anniversaries? All right, so happy anniversary to you folks. Just, you know, what a great time it is. So, uh, one of the things that I get a lot, you're going to be surprised on this perhaps, but uh, there's two schools of thought on this right here, birthdays and anniversaries. One is, Pastor, why do we do them? I don't want my birthday announced. I don't want to, why do we do that? And then other people are like, oh, I'm so glad we do birthdays and anniversaries. Our churches used to do that. And, and uh, so I'm just going to tell you, my reasoning, right? You can agree with it or not. I don't really care. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, I believe that it's, it helps to maintain that family, that sense of family within our church. And, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't cut your cutting slack for your siblings, right? Uh, at least if you're in my family, you don't. And when you have a birthday, it's like it's... So uh, we don't cut any slack. So we just like, try to do that, and that's, that's why we do it. I'm going to keep doing it, and 
Maybe when I'm dead and gone, somebody else can stop doing it and make somebody else happy. I don't know what to say. What's next, Pastor Andrew? Scripture reading. I'll let Jonathan tell you to stand up. (laughs) (laughs) To those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of sacred scripture. Book of Daniel, chapter 5. Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against another. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing, and show me the interpretation thereof, shall be clothed with scarlet, and have a chain of gold about his neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing, nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was king Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astonished. May the Lord prosper his word, whereto he sent it. You may be seated. Thank you, Jonathan. Next song we'll sing tonight, Jesus Paid It All. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength in thee is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in thee thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin hath left a crimson stain. He washed in white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power. And when before the throne I stand 
Take your Bibles, we're going to be there eventually, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. But before we actually get there, uh, just a reminder, so we've got, we're set up for testimonies and for you to have an opportunity, if you'd like, uh, to share some challenges that you're putting before yourself for uh, the spirit, your spiritual walk in 2023. Uh, our purpose for this is not to put anybody on the spot, it's really not. Our purpose for it is so that uh, someone can rally around you, pray for you, encourage you, 
Um, we invite when we do this, I'm telling you right up front, uh, when you share, just like we do with our teenagers when they come back from camp, we say, you know, the idea is that someone would kind of commit themselves to being your encouragement, right? And so, uh, you know, when, when you're standing up here and saying, here's a, a challenge I put before myself, that you would uh, then have someone that would say, they'll write it down, and they're, they're going to talk to you about it, right? They're going to encourage you with it from week to week or whatever. They may not do it every week, but, you know, hey, how's it going? Are you sticking with that decision? Those kinds of things. So uh, just to let you know. Um, I'm going to ask that um, you be aware of time, all right? Uh, it, time travels faster than you think when you're standing up here. And you may think, oh, it didn't take that long. But uh, first of all, three minutes is a long time for someone to speak if they're not speaking. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, and then um, I, uh, well, um, I, uh, <sighs> that's a long three minutes for you and everybody else. So I'm just trying to encourage you, so think about it. Think about now. Here's what I want to say. And uh, make sure then that you're aware that, you know, you're not the only person that might want to do this. And so we uh, need to be aware of time uh, so that the others would have a chance. Again, not trying to put you on the spot, but we do put these things out, uh, you know, into the uh, virtual atmosphere out there. So first of all, be aware of that. So if you're going to stand up and say, you know, I've got a relative that uh, is living in sin and needs Jesus. Before you call that relative out by name, you might remember you're going to be out there. So you understand what I'm saying, that kind of stuff. Uh, think, th think through what you're saying. But more importantly to that is that we need you to use a microphone or it doesn't work at all. You understand? Uh, people say, oh, I can be heard. Well, I understand people who can be heard. I'm one of those people that can be heard. But to be heard over the airways is a little different, all right? And so we ask you, there's a microphone over here, there's a microphone over here, to step up to the microphone, uh, face the congregation so that you can be on camera and so that they can see you, and then uh, share your testimony, your blessings from 2022. And if you would like to share, uh, you know, a, uh, a burden on your heart for 2023. And uh, this is going to be the crux of the service tonight. We're going to do this. We're going to have the Lord's table together. We're going to spend a little more time on the Lord's table, walk through it uh, with an understanding fashion, So, uh, just so you know. All right, I think I've dawdled long enough to give everybody a chance to build up some courage. So I need you to start. Here's, here's what you do. The easy way to do this would be like to just move to the front pew over here and just sit down in line or whatever if you're going to do that so we don't have to kind of, if you already know I'm going to do this, then just jump on up there. Get to a pew. Uh, you can decide later on. That's fine, but just get there. So. Somebody needs to walk to a microphone and be first, otherwise you have to listen to your pastor this whole time. So come on up. We have a couple of men moving over. Both, both, both mics will be taken up. So those down. Okay. Uh, as with most of us, 2022 was an interesting year, to say the least. Um, I guess my biggest challenge, and I'll put it before you, for 2023, as I've said before, I'm blessed with my heritage and my training. When it comes to a Christian life, God gave me a, a white-collar Christian life. I'm probably a fifth-generation Christian. My grandparents on both sides were Christians. We had 
I never really have been around unsaved people significantly until I was forced into the secular world. I went to a Christian college, planned to go into vocational ministry, and then God chose a different way. The challenge that I have with that is to whom much is given, much is also required. I tend to be very hard on myself. I have that idealistic view of who I should be, what I should be doing, and I fall short all of the time. So I need to develop the ability to forgive myself for my failures in the same way that God forgives us. So I guess that, in a very general sense, is my goal for 2023, is to have a better view of myself that God has for me. Uh, And then just a a quick blessing. I've shared a, a couple of things. Heading to my mom's for Christmas, I had the privilege of leading a young lady to Christ. Uh, Probably will never see her this side of heaven. But praise the Lord, God gave me the opportunity. I recognized it, and there was fruit. This is a special um, New Year's weekend for me. And when Pastor suggested this, a bunch of things started going through my mind. And I did something that he understands. I actually wrote out what I was going to say. So this is this is my 50th anniversary in the body of Christ, and so it, it really for me it's it's this is something of a reflection, but it also it 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 actually fits exactly with what Pastor was talking about. Last year, Pastor suggested we set a spiritual goal for the year as well. In the 50 years I've been a believer, it's been like that. A similar challenge was uh, suggested each year. I can remember many of those. Here's what I know. As a child, I, like many children who were in church from the day that they were born, began to be filled with religious truth. It seems like I was in Sunday school forever. And then to this was added years of going through the Luther Luther small catechism. You might call this the Lutheran version of Awana. Uh, My head was full of memory verses, Bible stories, etc. Then there were four years of youth group. More more religion. Now, this this is me speaking personally, so that you understand how I interacted with my growing up process. Uh, more religious indoctrination. That is how I felt at the time. In res- retrospect, I would describe this as sterile religious information. As a young post-high school adult, I gave mental assent to all of this and went through all the appropriate religious motions. Then went on for about six years. That included four years in the Navy, two years in college. Somewhere along the line, I concluded that most of what I knew was, at best, dispensable information. In my own words, religion was a sociological appendix. Yet, in the back of my mind, because religion was everywhere in many forms, I came to believe that there must be some way to make all this information make sense and add value to life. Somewhere in the spring of 1972, at age 24, I was confronted with two principles. Number one, salvation without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit was not salvation. And two, Christianity without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit was just another religion. This is how I began to call, this, is, this later I began to call churchianity or, or one more hollow religion. The outcome of this twofold confrontation was life-changing. The Holy Spirit affected a radical transformation. Divine grace reached down, turned around my desires, opened my eyes, Christ became beautiful. 
I, I came to Jesus Christ. Then the Word of God actually became essential for all life decisions. Multiple decades ago, with the guidance of someone I no longer can remember, I was challenged to give myself a gift at Christmas. This was an odd recommendation when I first heard it. Many, many options went through my mind. The thing that I, when you're reading, you hate paper that won't move. Anyway, so in general terms, the recommendation was to buy a book that over the next year would substantially impact my personal responsibility for my own growth in Christ-likeness. Why such a recommendation? Because no matter how many times a week I went to church, unless I was diligently going to the spiritual gym by myself, I would remain flaccid, hollow, and superficial spiritually. Now, in retrospect, I understand the wisdom of the recommendation. Hidden within the recommendation were four areas of life that were are dependent on this spiritual grindstone of self-sharpening. Becoming a genuine man of God, becoming a God-man honoring husband, becoming a God-Bible-directed father and grandfather, and becoming a God-Bible-reflecting church member in every aspect of life. Why a gift to self? The main reason was that unless I gave it up, unless I had to give up or defer some, some other benefit, I would not function as though I had skin in the game. So to simply speak, say it simply, um, I needed to make a sacrifice. Over the years, as the importance of this annual planning process increased, and thanks, Pastor, for pushing that one along, uh, and, and as the daily discipline uh, became more important, I became more selective and repeated books, that, or they became more serious regimen. Eventually, a daily chronological read of the whole Bible into two parts, Old Testament in the morning and New Testament in the evening, became the norm. To this, I added and rotated Spurgeon's morning and evening chambers as my utmost for his highest. More recently, the two volumes said Voices from the Past was added to the rotation. Over the years, my Bible reading varied and included more notes. Uh, this included several study Bibles. Last year, in response to Pastor's uh, challenge, I read the uh, 1599 Geneva Bible and all of the notes, and that was an amazing read um, and, and opened my eyes to a lot of church history that I was unaware of. Uh, my commitment for this year is to read the Henry Morris Study Bible, all the notes, and the 22 appendices. Along with the Bible reading will be daily thoughts for disciples in, by Chambers. From a preliminary review of both, my guess is that it will take a couple of years, that's two times through it, in order to absorb the notes and the disciplines thoroughly. I share this because I came to understand that I personally, that, that I came to understand that personally directed spiritual growth is the basic benchmark of a believer. Without it, there is reason to question one's salvation and one's sanctification. The second reason is that I have learned that from the repeated reading of the whole Bible, there are four, four tests that I must take daily at the end of the day. They are, number one, did I give of self or did I demand for self from others today? Two, did I sacrifice for others or demand others to sacrifice for me today? Three, did I serve others or demand others to serve me today? And four, did I make it a, uh, did, did I make it a practice to submit to others today or demand others to submit to me today? Whenever and wherever the emphasis is about me, then there is an absence of Christ-likeness. Christ was never all about himself. It was always all about others. As I got older got and get older, uh, these four questions become more, an end of day, more than end-of-day questions. They become questions I ask myself throughout the day. When this becomes the case, Christ-likeness is becoming characteristic. The blessing from last year was to have read the Bible again from Genesis to Revelation. My 2023 goal is to do it again. 
Why? Because I know I have not yet arrived, and I am still a work in progress. I'm glad you wrote that out. <laughs> I'm glad you wrote that out. You did all that this afternoon? Somebody, somebody took that seriously. All right. Robert. When uh, Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, uh, As the Father has sent me into the world, so have I sent you. And then he said uh, later on, or before that, that the Father had sent him not to be ministered unto, but to minister to give his life a ransom for many. And so our responsibility as believers in Jesus is to minister to those that are around us, whether they be here in our church or someplace else. Uh, I try to put my tracks by my car keys because when I go out, wherever it is, I've asked the Lord to just open up a door or some time that you want me to share and minister to somebody else. So yesterday I'm in Walmart, and uh, I didn't have much to get. But as I was traveling around the aisles there, here comes uh, a mom with her cart, and I would guess maybe a junior high gal and a brother and a sister there. But what attracted me to them was what the girl was wearing on her sweatshirt. It said, love, love, love. And I said to them, you know, we just had Christmas. What I like about what you're wearing is that word love. And then I said, do you know who loves you most of all? And I get a blank stare from this gal. And I said, it's Jesus. And I shared with them a tract. And the mom took it. And I said, you guys have a wonderful, merry, uh, happy new year. Now, I don't know what's going to happen, whether they were believers or not. Most of our witnessing opportunities just are kind of on the fly. Uh, this morning, we were challenged by our Sunday school teacher to pick a verse to use during the year and also to look back on uh, our lives as we've uttered a prayer to the Lord and how he answered it. I had something happen to me a week, the Saturday before Christmas that has never happened to me before. Uh, my son and my uh, daughter-in-law went down and took me with them down to the Riley home downtown Indianapolis. And we went in this big house, and it was uh, early 1900s where it was built, 14 high ceilings and so forth. We went through that. And then we went to an adjoining building right next door, which we were recommended to go into, and in this building, they were giving out hot chocolate. There was hardly anybody in there. But there was Santa Claus and his wife were over in the corner where there were no kids in there. And so uh, I went over to meet Santa Claus. <laughs> and so we got to talking, and I gave him this tract. On the, he didn't know. I asked him if he knew where the largest Christmas store in the world was. And Santa Claus should have known, but he didn't. <laughs> up in Frankenmuth, so we got talking. And I gave him this little track that they have uh, talking about the store and how it developed. And uh, he said to me, well, I'm a believer in Jesus, lives in Daleville. And his uh, so-called wife was from Chicago. And so uh, we talked a little bit, and he said, you know, the thing that bothers me is when I'm, I'm at a store 
and the kids come to me and they tell me what they want for Christmas. And the sad thing is that he's, I know that's not good for them. But uh, in talking to Santa Claus, uh, it's the first time in my life I ever gave a track to Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, but I was glad to do that. Um, what else was I going to share with you? And, uh, you know, I can forget in five minutes. Uh, but anyway, you know, the Lord is good, and he, he uses us as individuals to reach out to other people. And as we've heard this morning, uh, we need to do that. Can uh, somebody else can move up as they're ready? I got a text from Devin. Devin and Jenny are out of town, but he says goals for 2023: letting go more often of the frustrations and difficulties of life by handing them over to God uh, to truly enjoy the peace that passes understanding. To know my Savior better, deeper and to seek more opportunities to share my faith and the gospel with others. So uh, those three things for Devin, he would share and ask your prayers for as well. Who wants to be next? Um, this is sort of strange that I'm following uh, uh, Bob because the, one of the things that I would like to do for um, 2023 is to be a better witness um, I don't go out that often, and most of the time when I'm going out, it's here. So um, the opportunities that I have to witness don't feel like very many, but, you know, they don't have to be that many. <laughs> they could just be once a week. I mean, if, if, if we all witnessed to someone that we saw in a gas station on our way to wherever, that would be one more person that heard the gospel. So that's been um, that's been my challenge, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna this is sort of uh, awkward, but I'm gonna do a dig because <laughs> last year I stood up here and I asked for accountability on something, and uh, no one ever asked me about the issue. In fact, you probably don't even remember the issue, and I'm not gonna remind you because we got a new year, we got a fresh slate, we got a new goal. But I would this year like you to remind me about this goal because it's eternally significant. Amen. Who wants to be next? I'm a patient man, so don't worry about it. Go ahead. external. Um, <clears throat> I am just uh, one so grateful. I shared in Sunday school this morning uh, for my husband, Joe, and for all the things we've been through this year. A lot of changes. Um, got a new job and, you know, all these different things. The kids are grown. We joined a homeschool group. And so lots of different um, things have been going on, and it's changed our schedule, which has forced us to adjust and um, of all the problems and issues that we have in this life, um, our marriage is not one of them. And that is only because of the Lord and his principles and his word. And I am just so grateful for that and for a husband who's committed to working with me um, in those areas. Uh, that being said, 
as we've had these changes, it's just a continual growing process. So it's not a, um, a new resolution at this time. Uh, as we've, since I've started this new job, it's something we've been working on together. Um, but uh, I do just want to continue to, to put the Lord first. And um, as we, uh, I've been given new opportunities to minister to new people, and new groups, um, I don't want to neglect my family. And um, so I'm grateful that uh, Joe is there to uh, help us with that in, in our family. And um, that's just kind of what we're working on, the daily grind, um, making sure that the Lord is first and that we are training our children to know who the Lord is and um, they are able to see by our example um, not just by coming to church, who God is and what he um, wants to do in their lives. Amen. I'm going to brag on them for just a minute. They didn't ask me to do this. but uh, So they'll bring their kids over and they say, Pastor, we, we just want something to do. We want to teach our kids how to serve. We don't want money. We don't want anything else. We just help give us something to do. And they've cleaned the nursery and they've changed light bulbs, and they've run vacuum cleaners, and just to teach the kids how to serve. And praise the Lord, that's wonderful. Only have time for about one or two more, so this is it, your chance right here. We're going to get started in the Lord's Supper. Okay, so I want to talk about the Lord's Supper tonight and make it, this is really the sermon. The sermon is the Lord's Supper, and so Darren was asking me, are we going to... Uh, to broadcast the Lord's Supper, we're not going to, even though the sermon is kind of involved in this. And the reason that you don't is because it's a personal time, and we don't need to have the congregation, you know, uh, televised. But let's kind of walk through some things real quickly. First of all, our approach to the Lord's Supper is Southeast Baptist Tabernacle. Um, there are three ways that churches uh, observe the Lord's table. And uh, they are open, closed, and close. So let me explain those to you, and then we'll kind of go from there. So, uh, you know, um, an, open, an open policy of observing the Lord's table would be where a church stands up and says, anybody that's here, we invite you to come on and, and participate in the Lord's, in the Lord's table. And um, we would disagree with that concept. And the reason is because it's not our table. It's the Lord's. Right, so it's it's about relationship. Uh, it's literally like you're coming to the family table, right? And so it's about relationship. Uh, it, it's knowing that you have trusted Christ as your Savior, and if that's you, then you have relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's His table, not ours. So that is, you know, we would reject the open communion concept. Um, the closed communion concept. Is says that uh, you know you have to be a member of Southeast Baptist Tabernacle uh, in order to participate. We would reject that as well because it's not our table. You can understand this is not the table of Southeast Baptist. We're not the ones doing the inviting. Uh, it is the Lord's table, and it's about relationship not with Southeast Baptist Tabernacle. It's about relationship to Jesus Christ. And so you do not have to be a member of Southeast Baptist Tabernacle in order to participate in the Lord's table. But, uh, you know, as we just talked about with the open concept, uh, you also 
you know, do have to have relationship to Jesus Christ, which defines the close, open, closed, and close concept of communion. And we, that's what, that is how we, we observe the Lord's table. Uh, it is the idea that each one who is going to participate in the Lord's table needs to have a personal relationship to Jesus Christ. Uh, the interesting thing about this is, you know, if you have kids and your kids have not yet come to that place in their life where they've trusted Christ, uh, I'm literally in, encouraging you to say to them, no, you cannot participate. And uh, I promise you, I promise you, unless your kids are like really different from every other kid I know, the moment you get outside and get in the car, they're going to be saying, why? And you're going to have the wonderful opportunity of sharing the gospel with your children because you can tell them the why. It's about relationship and how that relationship comes about. That relationship comes about trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior and thereby entering into a relationship, being made a child of God, a joint heir, a brother of Jesus Christ. And so, um, you know, it's a... That is our approach to the Lord's table. And I'm going to walk through a few things just because, and then we're going to actually uh, observe the Lord's table, all right? And, and I'm just walking through because a lot of times we, we take for granted that people know things. And, and maybe you do, maybe you don't. So just real quickly, as we go through the Lord's table tonight, I want you to observe some things. First of all, almost every time you've seen the Lord's table observed, Usually, it's set up something like this, where you have the elements, that means the bread and the juice, underneath, and usually it's covered in the white cloth. And the reason, there is a reason for that. Now, I'm going to tell you honestly, it's not that you find this in the Lord's Supper that's in the Bible, right? Uh, but what is the Lord's Supper in remembrance of? the death of Jesus Christ for our sins, right? And so uh, this has kind of been added, and we, have, we, we added as well because it's just a good observation. It, it reminds us, and what happens with this is you'll see two of our men come up. They'll take the cloth off. They're going to spend the time folding the cloth and setting the cloth aside. Do you remember when Jesus was crucified and buried and they came in after the resurrection, and they found the, the shroud, the, the cloth, linen cloth, folded and set aside. That's why it's done. It's, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up and say it may have started more practical than that. Uh, back before air conditioning and the way you cooled the church down was with open windows 150 years ago. They may have just wanted to keep the flies off the stuff. Now, I'm just being honest, but... The reality is, at some point, somebody made this suggestion, and it's a good suggestion for us because that's what it's for, right? Um, then, as we go through the elements, and, and now, just so that we all are on the same page, right, uh, we're going to first listen to what it says as, as the bread is given out. It says, then when he'd given thanks, he break it, he took the bread, and he break it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Now, I want you to catch all of this, right? We do not believe in transubstantiation, where there is a literal change of the bread and the juice to the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. 
And that is not just because, um, be, um, first of all, it would be very odd because the Bible would literally tell us that we're not supposed to partake of human blood and human flesh. But beyond that, that, there, that it is that Christ is no longer suffering for us. Do you understand? The price is paid. It is finished. This is a remembrance, not an actual participation of the death of Jesus Christ. And so, but one of the things that I do, you can decide what you want to do, but one of the things that I do, uh, and it's just a little square, right? It's a little square cracker that has no leaven in it, no yeast in it, right? Because it's representative of, of the sinlessness of Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that he broke it and passed it out. And so just the habit that I am in before I partake of the bread is to break it. You'll see me if you pay close attention snap it between my fingers uh, in, in before I partake of it because I, I want to remember that it's not this neat little square cut. You know, it is a brokenness. It is, it is the brutality of the crucifixion that we are calling to remembrance. Uh, if we could walk ourselves through that in our mind, you know, we're not going to take the time to do that, but that's what we're remembering. So he broke the bread. He gave thanks. And... Um, we will walk through all of that, and then he uh, gave it to eat. After the same manner, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the New Testament, my blood. This do you as often as you drink and remember to me. So we're remembering the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Right? And Jesus Christ literally had to live a perfect sinless life, and then literally had to be broken and bleed for our sin payment. That's Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. He bled and died for us. And so uh, we do this as a way to bring this into remembrance. We turn the cameras off because this is very personal in nature. Uh, it really is. This is it, it's a moment in, in our church service in which it's, it's the individual and God. Do you understand? This is not something that... We, we do this collectively as a body to, in remembrance, but, but the reality is that the whole of this event is not corporate. It is individual. So the Bible goes on in 1 Corinthians 11 to say, before we do this, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. I mean, it literally, I mean, God's giving us a warning that this is not something we approach lightly. So we are called upon by God as we're approaching the table to take the time to look at our spiritual walk. And I, you've heard me say this again and again, but I'm going to repeat it yet again. The purpose of this examination is not elimination. We're not supposed to sit here and say, oops, there's something wrong in my life, so I'm not going to participate. No, the purpose of the examination is to cause us to get right with God. So that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? So, it is, so we take that time to examine ourselves, to make sure that, first of all, we have a relationship and then to make sure that that relationship is still right and strong. 
uh, staying with that First John theme, where First John chapter one and verse nine is where if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. Uh, back in verse five, it talks about us walking in the light as He is in the light. You know, that's that's that relationship. We're walking side by side as He is in the light. And so we take that moment to examine. Uh, in, in this whole process, there's one other thing that we do that you may or may not ever catch because we don't talk about it. But um, you'll see the men will come up after they've served you, and uh, I will take all of the individual trays, and then I will serve each individual man personally. And then when we get to the last man, if you've ever paid attention, they will take the tray and serve me. Why? Say it again. Well, we do serve one another, but I want you to catch this. I'm not Jesus, right? I'm not the one doing the serving. We're all participants. We're coming to the Lord's table, and we're all being served. None of us are in that place of we're the one in charge, so to speak. You get the idea? It's his table, not ours. And so everyone gets served. And it's one of those little things that, you know, it just happens, and you may or may not ever notice it happened, but it happens. And so uh, the, the idea is to take, to take this moment and to make it meaningful and to take this moment and to do exactly what Jesus has called upon us to do, to remember the price that it took to bring us salvation. I mean, the price was so great that at one point Jesus fell on his face before the Father and said, Father... If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. If there's any other way to get this done, Father, let's go the other way. That's literally what he's asking. Let, nevertheless, he says, not my will but thine be done. And he becomes obedient even to the death of the cross. So what a joy it brings us to be able to fellowship with our Savior at his table because of the price that he paid to make that relationship possible. So as we go to the Lord's table, that's what all of this is. It's not, it's not that if I participate with the Lord's table, I get blessings from God. That's not what this is. It's not about getting blessings. It's about remembrance. We don't, we're, not, we're not eating and drinking of God's grace here. We're remembering God's grace in our lives. And so I would just challenge us as we walk through this, think of every aspect of this, because everything that's done in the observation of the Lord's table is done for a reason. It's done on purpose, so that it would bring us to remembrance of what he has done. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed, please, for a moment. We're going to have a moment of silence as we each examine ourselves and prepare ourselves for the Lord's table, uh, prepare ourselves... Uh, and, and ensure that our relationship is right.